and we'll do B-roll tape. <laughs> okay. We got two former modern day state champions, class of 19, Becca Walsh, class of 20, Sophia Thomas. Welcome to the student manager. We are rolling episode number 78. Wow, I did not know we were that many. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. And, and this is the first episode that I actually have USC on. So all these Southern California, Orange County followers and audience, you know, they all have the, we call them the sweatshirt brand, right? <laughs> yeah. They all want their kids to go to USC, but only 11% are admitted. So they're all going to listen and, and, and find out like, how did we get to USC? So that's what we're going to talk about. But again, Becca Welsh, Sophia Thomas from Modern Day, uh, student manager. The goal always is to help high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. And Fia, I don't know, do you remember like driving in my car one time and I think the episode was Vanderbilt. I go, you gotta listen to the two girls that transferred from Vanderbilt. I think you were a junior or senior in high school because this was two years ago. Mm -hmm. So we've come a long way. Yeah. I remember I was like lo looking at Vanderbilt then. Obviously very different option <laughs> now, but now I didn't think I'd be on it for USC. So it's exciting. So let's get right into it because obviously that was one of your choices. Vanderbilt, and I know your parents went to UPenn. They probably wanted you to go there, but let's talk about your process, the road right up the hill to Los Angeles to uh, USC. What other schools were you looking at when, during this whole process? Honestly, I was everywhere but California. I was looking, I really liked Notre Dame. Obviously, I applied to UPenn, Vanderbilt, Boston College, a lot of schools like East Coast, Midwest, kind of. Vanderbilt South, but I don't know. I really wanted to get out and do my own thing. I kind of feel like I know I'll want to come back to California at some point. So I was like, I want to go out for college, go away, experience something new, and I can always come back. Initially, USC was not even on my list. I just, nothing against the school. I always have loved it. But at first, I'm just like, everyone from Orange County goes right. to a USC. Like, it's just like, and I had no, I really didn't know anything about the school besides that everyone goes there. So I'm like, I really want to do my own thing. But then I went to go visit one of my friends that lived up there when I was a senior in high school. And she was kind of telling me about her experience. And I got to see it like in person. And I was like, wait, like I really want to apply here. Like this is one of my top schools now. Mm -hmm. Literally applied at the deadline. And I ended up getting, they were also the last school to come out. And so I was waiting and waiting. And then I heard from them and I got in. And I, at first when I was reading my acceptance letter, I was like, this isn't right. I like, had my parents I'm like, can you read this? Did I get accepted or denied? Is like, this no, the right just... Sophia Thomas? Yeah, I was like, cause I had like, I got it denied from a lot of schools and like USC is my last one. I'm like, if I was getting denied from some other ones, like no way I'm getting to USC. And then I got it back and I did and went there and haven't really looked back since. And I think I was nervous going into it because I was like, it's all Orange County. But going there, it's like, I'm, it's nice being close to home, but yet I feel so far away just cause I think Becca can yeah, attest. It's, it's, I mean, it's a different, it's LA, like you. It's a whole different world. Yeah, exactly. once you, once you like cross over, you're just in a different environment. It's just, it's not Newport, it's not Orange County, it's LA, and it uh, doesn't feel. It feels like you're a lot further than you actually are. And especially last year, because LA, you guys were basically shut down because of COVID. So that yeah. was probably a whole unique experience in itself. And especially Becca coming from your first year and we can, we're going to get di yeah. uh, d into it deeper but you were part of the trojan transfer program mm -hmm. uh i think studied in paris yes right and then came to la and you're thinking oh cool first year at sc and you guys were all a mask yes basically <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it was um, definitely wild because, I mean, Europe also shut down so quickly. Like, I had 24 hours to pack up, like, all my stuff there and then get home, have to finish on European time. So all my classes were from, like, 5 to um, 8 a.m. every day because they weren't, like, I had one class that accommodated, but I was, like, taking finals at 5 in the morning. And I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. And then... USC set they originally came out saying like oh yeah we're gonna be in person or half and half Mm -hmm. and then COVID got just worse in July and we went all online and then I we both still lived up there but you're in your apartment basically all day kind of just going on zoom doing anything you can so but Becca was your was your route to USC coming from high school was was USC your top choice I mean, I honestly woke up one day, like, sophomore year, and was like, I'm going to go to USC. Like, I just was like, okay, I've decided, like, college decision. Like, I didn't really – I applied to, like, TCU, SMU, the UCs, but I'm – like, USC just was like, I'm going there no matter what. Like, I didn't care if I had to transfer. I didn't care if I was going to go spring. Like, I knew I wasn't going to get it in fall, just – it's 11%. So expand on that because everyone listening – Right, they think their kids going to USC, and that student thinks they're going to USC. But do they realize? And I and I try to communicate this all the time that your student is no different than the other fifty thousand that are applying to USC with that four zero three nine thirty one thirty two ACT, if not higher. So, Be- Becca, I've known you for a while. Like yeah. you knew. It, let's be realistic. Like you knew you weren't going to USC getting in right away. No, I knew. I mean, I. I did fine in school. Like, I had a 3.6, and I think I got, like, a 25 or 28, one of the two. Or I got a 25 regularly and mm-hmm. then a super score of 28 on my ACT. Like, I knew I wasn't going to get in right off the bat. Like, those are just pretty normal for most people. By um, the way, those are above average scores, and people are still not getting in to those top universities for those of you listening. So, expand. Yeah, so I was just, like... I knew I probably would have to transfer. I was really, I was hoping for spring, but I, I love transferring in because I, you learn so much being in Europe and foreign language. Like I'd taken French for 10 or 12 years um, during elementary and high school, but there's like, once you're like actually there, it's so different. And you just, I learned a lot of like independence and I grew a lot as like a not a kid. I, I basically went from a kid to more of an adult because we're Ooh, also- Becca, adult. <laughs> After yeah. the France experience. It, and I think Mary and Dougie, yeah. like they had two daughters. They were going out to visit you in yeah. Paris and your sister was out there, mm-hmm. correct? My sister, yeah. So she was getting her master's up in Northern England in Durham. I visited her once um, and it was it was a cool little small town really cold the sun set at like three so it was definitely not southern california but i mean i loved being in paris i i saw i think 11 countries while i was there and that was with covid happening um so i definitely got like to see all these cool places and still go to school which was super fun and i honestly with uh the program there's I think 130 kids doing like the Trojan transfer just in Paris. And then they had Rome, which had like 100 kids and 
England, which had like 80, and then they just opened another one up in Prague. So there's a bunch of kids you're already going to know. It's not like community where it's not as many people mm-hmm. are like going to doing the same exact plan as you. So you kind of make friends already before you live with people who are all intending to go to USC. How many classes were you taking during your first semester and second semester? Uh, both, both semesters I took four classes. Um, you only had to do one required course, which was writing 150. That was like the one course USC told you you have to take. If, But if you were a business major, you also had to take calc before... Um, applying or transferring in so I got I did a lot of like basic GEs and I did a a few electives because I mean it's Paris they had really cool classes like I had one class where it was an art history class and we went to the Louvre every day or every week for that class and looked at the actual artwork like and talked about it in the Louvre or some of the other museums um but it was 16 units, so pretty standard, twice a week classes. But it was different than SC for sure. Like when, like SC, I don't know about you, but like communications, like we have a bunch of discussion classes also. Mm-hmm. So it's like a class can meet twice a week, but right. you have a discussion period for 50 minutes another time every week. And that's for also electives, or not electives, um, GEs. And it's not until, like, you get to the 400-level class or 300 that they kind of stop doing uh, discussion classes. But it's, like, USC has a lot more time, I guess, dedicated. What, what's class. your major? I'm communications. Sophia, what's your major? Business administration. Okay. So did you guys go in? Is Now, at SC, was there a business admit direct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of you go and declared to USC. So I applied... Honestly, looking back, a very risky move applying to Marshall to get in. Okay. But it's really hard. I knew I, I, that's also why I decided to go to USC. I love their business program. And I knew I really wanted to be in it. And it's really hard to transfer into it. So I'm like, I just need to apply now. And I got in. So I went in as a business admit, um, administration major. I don't think I, I didn't take any business specific classes my first semester I started second semester but you kind of start them really quick like my roommate started her business classes for a semester so you really just get into it which I enjoy about that and you moved right away mm-hmm. up in the summer I think Julia said you moved up early I moved I think my move-in was August 12th or 13th that was mine also mm-hmm. yeah which was like early but I that was school started I think that the was, following week I, yeah like everyone right. moved in from the 12th to like the 15th because also with COVID they tried to like stagger it yeah so you it, starting August 12th like for most apartment buildings unless you had a June to June lease it was like you either moved in at 9 a.m 10 a.m like because they tried to stagger it but in your first year last year where did you live I lived in Gateway, which Gateway usually is where a lot of Trojan transfers. Um, Becca did the abroad route, but a lot of people will do Trojan transfer and they'll stay and they'll either stay home and do community there. But also a lot of people, it's really common. They go to um, Santa Monica Community College and they'll live at Gateway, which is near campus. Because then you kind of can get like more of an experience and you kind of are up there living there. You could still go to campus. Um, so it's that building's usually Trojan transfer and spring admits, but this year since no one was on campus, it kind of a lot like of a freshmen freshman dorm took basically. over. So it was like essentially like a freshman dorm, 
which I'm very fortunate and very grateful that I was able to move up there. And it was really good experience because I got to meet a lot of people before. So. And you moved in almost the same week, but where did you live then? So I lived in West 27th, which a lot of sophomores and a few juniors live. It's primarily where like all the sophomores live for the most part. Like it's seven floors, but I lived um, there all year. She's actually living in my apartment in the fall. The same exact one? Same exact apartment. apartment. And you've probably been there last year. And yeah. Then we're gonna... And Becca's roommate is my one of my roommate's sisters. Got it. So like it's all like close and I'm living with her again. So yeah. Yeah. Cause we, I don't know how, but my roommate and I like lucked out. Well, we had two other roommates, but COVID like they didn't live up there. So we basically had just the two of us, but we had this balcony that loops around in the rest of the apartments, like either have a small, like eight foot long like balcony or it's just no balcony on some sides of the building which was really cool so it's a really fun spot to live they have a they have a gym there which was super nice when it was actually open because it opened up I think in February and then they had a pool and jacuzzi and like a lot of places to lay out and tan which was nice so and they have a really good Thai restaurant. <laughs> Thai by Trio. There's yeah. a really good Thai restaurant. Don't say that. I'm going to all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you, everyone talks about the food, mm-hmm. right? And we talk about, I always ask someone, what's like the worst thing about your campus? And a lot of times they'll say like the university food. So then they'll go venture outside. So I don't know about you all because last year was COVID. I love LA. I love just hanging out and there's doing things there. What? What, what did you not like about like USC? Was was the food any part of the factor? Like the university food? We didn't, we didn't have, have that. It. it was all closed. Every like campus was literally shut down the whole year. Where if you wanted to go, you had to fill out a form. They'd check your temperature, like at the beginning of campus, mm-hmm. and then like you could go in. But everything was closed. Even like the Starbucks on campus was closed. But we have the village, which is great. I great mean, food at the village. I heard that place is lit. Yes. Oh, it's it's always packed. It's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I would try to go there because I mean, I'm in, you're in your apartment most of the days, just doing class all day. I had like an outdoor area where I can go at in my like a building, but it was just so hot and like they closed a lot of the common areas, even in our own building because of COVID. It was insane. It was so strict. But the village, you could go and you wear your mask and like sit outside and I it's technically off campus but it's like looks the it's, same it's pretty it's much like the student union it's like yeah, yeah it's like an, ex, like an extension of campus because there's also dorms above mm-hmm. like all the restaurants and stuff yeah and it's super pretty kind of you feel out of LA but it's impossible to get a table to go sit and study because everyone's there but they have good food yeah you cannot like during this past school year if you didn't like have a table like so you're you basically on the grass. Is it like going to a hotel <laughs> yeah. and you go reserve your spot early and then you call your friends and you say, okay, I'm over here. I got a spot for you. Basically. Me and my roommate would do that. I'd be like, oh, I'm going yeah. now. And she's like, okay, I'll co- I can't go now. It's I'll seven in the morning. Class, but like, just keep it for me until I get there. We just like pass it off. But yeah. yeah. So eating at the Ville, like what's your, what, what are your hot spots? Dulce is really good. Really great coffee. It's like a coffee shop. They also have good, like, sandwiches and breakfast burritos. Like, it's a good, like, wake up in the morning, I want to go, like, get breakfast or, like, Yeah, lunch. everyone loves, I don't, people love their matcha. I okay. like their okay, breakfast Okay, I burritos. love their matcha. Like, it's so good. And mm-hmm. their, I think their oat milk is, like, 
homemade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I go to Cava a lot, but there's oh. like and there's like a Trader Joe's and a Target there, so it's like everything was super ac- accessible. So there's a great Italian restaurant like in the village next to Cava. It's addicting. Um, but they had this like amazing vodka sauce pasta, and then there's also like one like restaurant like a sit-down restaurant called Rock and Riley's. It's like kind of a restaurant bar deal. So that's where a lot of kids would go and eat dinner at night. Um, so, I mean, there's the village, and it's also like you feel safe there. It's not right. like the rest of South Central is not always the safest. Did you guys ever go venture? Are you, were you even allowed to walk on campus? Yeah, I'm, at first it was really difficult. Like she said, we yeah. had the, there was an app called Trojan Check. You had to check your symptoms. Sometimes you even had to be, you had to be, submit a negative COVID test, and you really couldn't go on unless you had a reason to, which was hard. And then it kind of opened up more towards the end of the year. Like it was pretty much during finals week, it kind of opened up, and I would go study yeah, on like campus. Yeah, the library opened halfway through second semester. Um, but they make it difficult to go. It's by reservation only, so... And it's all security. Because I know, like, when I walked on Sophia's campus and Julia's campus during COVID, I couldn't get into places that I normally wanted to get into. Yeah. Like, there's fences. I'm like, what is this? It's like a a fort. The bookstore was closed all year until, like, March. And then you had to book an appointment if you wanted to, like, look there or shop there or do anything. But like, definitely the second semester was more fun than the first semester. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think mean, so. I mean, honestly, I liked first semester. I They're, they're like, different. Like, first semester, you have, like, football, the excitement of being, like, back at school. And, like, second semester is still, like, spring. Like, they're both, like, fun, honestly. So, so you mentioned football because there's no fans. But yeah. were you able to tailgate or, should I say, like, pregame and go hang out at your place or whatever where where do kids get together i feel like some people would do brunches at like some of the restaurants um like there's a restaurant kind of off adam not adams um hoover it's called bakari and a lot of people would go there for brunch and then you just go to watch the game at someone's apartment like kind of depended what you wanted out of like tailgating Mm -hmm. i guess yeah, so, you couldn't go, like, go anywhere to, like, you tailgate. Can't, or, it's not like you're going to, like, the atrium or something, mm-mm. like, going to a party. Right. It's, it was – USC was super strict about all of that with COVID this year. So but, with Labor Day weekend coming, September 4th, I don't know if you guys all have that penciled in your calendar, but it's San Jose State. That's going to be, like, the first yeah. home game. You haven't been to a college football game in – I The last I, one I think I went to was the SC-Notre Dame game. That was on camp. I remember yeah. seeing your dad was sending me pictures of that one. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, and Sophia, Fia, same thing. You haven't been to a game. So I'm assuming, like, I talked to every other college student. They're ready to just yeah. go off. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm missing the first game. You're missing? Well, <laughs> call me a terrible fan. I'm actually going to the Georgia Clemson game. So that will be That exciting. will be – actually, that will be better. It will be a better football game. But – I mean, I, I'm kind of bummed about it, but I didn't really realize until later that it was the same weekend, but there'll be plenty more. You'll have grades. plenty. That will be one of, if I was not going to the Wisconsin-Penn State game, that was the game I wanted to go to. I'm very I think it's in Raleigh or Charlotte. It's in Raleigh. Yes. Or maybe yes. Charlotte. I don't know. One of them. You're going to have modern day against St. John Bosco quarterbacks. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be 
fun. So those that are listening, because they're probably saying, well, okay, so Fiat, your route, it, it, you got into USC, you got, because all the schools that you mentioned, that's half of Orange County that mm-hmm. they're applying to. Notre Dame, Texas, Michigan, Vanderbilt. Oh, I got all, literally all Boston of Boston College, yep. right? And uh, it, it, did you have, what were your, because I always tell people that they should have like a fallback school in a moderate school. Like, mm-hmm. did you have any fallback schools? I did. Um, I wouldn't say I applied to any that were like super, I mean, I, it, Fordham was kind of my fallback mm-hmm. school. Um, honestly, going into, like, I thought Boston College, I would never say that's a safety. I thought it was pretty attainable for me, but I didn't even end up getting in there. Villanova got waitlisted. So, like, there was a lot. Of, I My college admissions process was process was a little, little difficult. Um, honestly, until USC is a little, like, a bit of a letdown. And it was um, difficult, but happy where I ended up. But, that yeah, a lot of my attainable schools I didn't even get into. And, and- so those that are listening, I mean, first of all, things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. So what advice, recommendation, because I remember when Julia was telling me the schools that you weren't getting into, I go, she's going to at least get into one or two of those. Like, that's just numbers mm-hmm. out of like yeah, eight top yeah. schools. You're probably get, the percentage is one or two. And when you didn't get in, did not get admitted, get rejected, that must have been like, took a blow to you. It was like your ego. shattered like, my oh world my because I, I'm a very like, focused person in school like I played volleyball in high school volleyball was never my route to college like it's just like I knew it was my grades and that was what it's going to get me into school and I'm I was always a little bit of a tryhard in school so like going into the college process I'm like obviously I know anything could happen but realistically I was like a lot of these schools how can I not get in like statistically like I meet like all the criteria I'm there if not a little bit more for some of them that were more and my attainable, like I obviously going into, like at a college council, like you're very strategic about what schools you think like you can get into and what you you obviously know where reach is. Obviously, right. a lot of them I named uh, like before, I knew 100%. There's zero guarantees there. Like, you know, right. those ones I would say were my reaches. And there was other ones that I just thought I'd probably get into and I didn't. And looking back, it's like everything happens for a reason because it's like, Honestly, some of the school, like USC is higher than some of the schools I got denied from. Like yes. everything happens for a reason. And that sounds really annoying. And everyone would tell me that during the college admissions process. And I really didn't believe it until after. But I guess you just have to hold out for that. So what advice, recommendation would you give to a student listening in your same situation? Honestly, just wait it out. It's going like you're going to you're going to get denied. It's just going to happen. I want to say that you won't. And it sucks when you do get your your first rejection is always really difficult. And there's going to be a few there, but you're going to end up where you're at. And if you got denied from a school, they obviously like don't necessarily want you. You want to go to a school that wants you and you'll always find your fit. And honestly, for some people that might not be the first school they go to, they might have to transfer and everyone's route looks different. So I, if I had any advice, just wait it out and you'll end up where you're supposed to be. And I know going through the process, I hated when people said that because I was just like, oh, like I want to go to this school so badly. But I, I truly believe it does work out. So what you just stated, I mean, people should just rewind and play that (laughs) over and over and over again, because I tell people things happen for a reason Mm -hmm. and you end up where you want to go. And I don't know if you're, I don't know if Devin or Danny put any pressure on you, but there's a lot of parents 
that do put pressure on their kids or want them to go to that school, what advice do you have for those type of parents? I mean, my parents were really good in the process. If anything, they hyped me up super and I was the one putting like a lot, a lot of pressure on myself. And that was like hard. Cause I'm like, I have really high like expectations for myself and like what I want to achieve. So I was putting a lot, a lot of pressure on myself and I would get denied from a school and it's quarantine. And so like, you're not, you're just stuck at home. And I'm just like sad. And my dad's like, no, you got this. The next one, like, you're going to get it. Like everything happens for a reason. Your parents are always telling you that. Um, I do think to a certain extent, like I never that they put pressure on me, but they knew what I was capable of. So they wouldn't let me kind of like slack, if that makes sense. But something that was helpful, and I think a lot of parents should hear this, like my college counselor, I was fortunate enough to have one, I'm very thankful, but she told me and she told my parents, don't interfere too much. They told, she's like, don't let your parents read your essays because they're going to say something and they're gonna to try to do it. Realistically, they probably went to school college a long, long time ago. The college admissions process is very, very different. Um, I mean, I don't think, I just think parents can't be overbearing and it. it's already such a stressful time for students going through this. Uh, parents should just be there to support and whatever. Obviously, just be there for your kids. Just, we already feel enough pressure it is to like, don't, I don't know. Sophia, you just sound like a college counselor because <laughs> I've had some on this show and I always ask them the same advice. Mm-hmm. And they said they're already going through so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with Julia, we kind of just left her do her own thing. Sophia, maybe we're my Sophia. Now with Joshua, I, I told Maria, I'm like, he can go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. I don't even. It's the third child. Like, my, <laughs> both my brother and sister went on all these college tours. I didn't go on any. Like, unless I did it myself. Like, if I was in that city, like, it'd be like, oh, I was in Charleston visiting a friend. So I saw the school, obviously. And like I, my brother went to school in Boston, so I saw Boston College, but I didn't really. Uh, my parents were just like, "Yeah, you do you." Um, mm-hmm. But they were like, they didn't really. They weren't very uh, involved, I guess, in like my academics because they just trust me. They're like, you know, like. So stay on that because did you? Do you think that helped you? Yeah, I would have gotten pissed off and probably spited them and get a bad grade just to like annoy them or get them like off my back, which wouldn't make sense, but that's probably what I'd do. But I mean, it helped a lot because then it's like really your own decision. But they also like, at first I wanted to play volleyball in college because my sister did it. And that's just what I knew. And my brother, like he did sailing in college. So they both like did sports or activities. But then I like... I looked at my sister's schedule and also like I was I was a short volleyball player so it's not like I could mm-hmm. go to the Pac-12 and I all I wanted to do is go to USC um so it's like there's that but they kind of trusted me they let me like sure they could have done certain things better um looking back like because I didn't realize during the application process like I'm unweighted like most schools don't care as much about your weighted gpa as you are do, absolutely right <laughs> like unweighted and so i took all these like ap or honors classes but i'd get b's in them so on your transcript you have a b like they didn't really care if they like they'd rather have a higher gpa like unweighted becca if you had to do everything all over again what would you have done differently um probably freshman year i would have and like freshman year and sophomore year of um uh, high school I didn't really care that much about school so I would have applied myself a lot more maybe taken like the not the honors class or if I'm gonna take it actually like work a lot harder than I did I think I kind of just like late 
took like the foot off the gas and I think I just if I actually applied myself more and did that I would have done a lot better in school I mean because by the time once I started like I kind of had the like the oh no moment like halfway through sophomore year the light bulb went on yeah and like immediately like my GPA went up like five point or like point five because I'm like okay I actually have to do this but like doing your homework doing like just getting those simple like easy easy A's like those go a long way compared to like an AP class that you're gonna get a B in or even a C if like you really can't do it so I don't know um just grades matter a lot ACT SAT those matter also a lot because that's the first thing colleges look at like well everybody's on paper you have Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Becca or Fia I don't you guys are great individuals, yeah, but, but I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody has at 4.0 unweighted or 3.6 unweighted yeah. and 25, 27 or 30. What was your ACT? I took SAT and I got a 14.40, which I think would be about 31. One thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, about there. I could be wrong, but I think ballpark. It's, stay on that mm-hmm. because I know Julia was taking the ACT and after her third or fourth time, it just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. She switched to the SAT because of just the way you understand and take Mm -hmm. the test. Were you the same situation? Yeah, I think ACT, at least around here, I feel like everyone takes it. Like I've talked to very few people that take the SAT. I feel like it's the opposite. Everyone I talk to does SAT. Oh, really? Yeah. I I feel like I know a lot of people that took ACT, but I took both initially. Um, I don't even think I took the real one. I took both practice tests liked the real thing, did it. Um, they were like the old ones, so they're like legit tests, and see which one I got better on so that I can kind of focus in there. And I think it's good because it's like, I always thought, I'm a, in school I was more of a numbers person, so like people people say technically like, oh, if you're better with numbers, take ACT. If you're better with comprehension, take SAT, like reading comprehension, take SAT. So I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna be ACT. But right. then after that, I did a lot better on my SAT, so I kind of had like a better foundation to work from there. And so I liked it. And I always tell this to my followers and audience, there's a test for every student. Mm -hmm. Either you're going to do better at the SAT or you're going to do better at the ACT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I did, I did like, I took a SAT and ACT, like, um, like one of the old tests, but I got, I scored literally the same on both of them the first try. So they're like, well, which one do you like better? And for me, I let the, all the reading and stuff on the ACT I'm just not a math person like you had an hour for math and I'd get to question 30 like I was not a math person I feel like on the SAT it's like you have a free response don't or Mm. like you have like a lot of it's the way it's the way it's positioned we had yeah yeah, and the way you take the test Mm -hmm. there SAT I think you got a little bit longer on certain sections like you got a lot longer on reading for SAT than you do on ACT reading but like SAT reading is more about like comprehension, whereas ACT is like, did you like read, like, did you pick up on like certain details? Where I feel like SAT was like, what was the meaning behind this thing? Which I, I, that was like my hardest, my, I struggled with the reading the most on that, but, and there's no science on AC, on SAT. So we had two math sections. I do the SAT. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Science really isn't bad. We, I mean, I did like tutoring for a little bit, but I didn't really like it that, I mean, it helped a lot, but I, Definitely, if I really used it, I probably could have gotten a higher score. Uh, but the science part was just reading graphs. Like, once they find, like, there's just, like, a way to take the test. And it's, like, you look at the graphs, like, 
and then because they put on the act i remember like from my tutoring and stuff so like on the act they put a lot of words and stuff but all you do is look at the graphs or like the charts or whatever is like the image on it and like you look at the questions you don't look at the other stuff right because that they're literally just trying to like catch you on something so that's like one trick i learned from it what was your most memorable experience in france abroad why should someone do the abroad program man that's a that's kind of a hard one um i mean first off france i mean it's europe you can't really complain i'm I would go to school and I'd drive by the Eiffel Tower every single day. Like, you get to experience, like, you're immersed in a brand new, not brand new, but a different culture, traveling. I mean, I saw 11 countries there easily. Like, it wasn't a a two-hour flight max anywhere you go in Europe. And then the train, it's like, you're just seeing such a beautiful place and in such a unique way. It's not like you're traveling with your parents. You're with your friends. You're young, you're on your own, so you're kind of like, you're not always sure about everything. I did have a few missed flights here and there. Um, <laughs> That's part or, of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Paris, can, I visited Rome, I visited London, and, like, the schools there. And, honestly, Paris was the best, in my opinion, because you have you have this great, I mean, you have some of the best dining in Europe in Paris. Like, you have so many options for great food. My personal favorite, though, was a, a little ramen place, uh, randomly. Um, <laughs> but you have so many food options. You have a great nightlife. Like, there's so many bars and clubs, whatever you want to do. There's also a lot of speakeasies. I never got around to doing that. But it's just a very different. And then you just, it's, I don't, it's hard to explain, but it's just something about Paris. Like you have so much to do every day. Like it's not like. Did you feel like you were, you were there going to school? Yeah. Like I mean, it was crazy. So when I was there, I never had a Friday class because I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I still don't have Friday classes. Um, Fee, do you have Friday classes? Um, I didn't first semester. Second semester, I did. Next semester, I don't have Thursday or Friday classes. Yeah. Not and not. I mean, I don't really want thir- Friday classes. Thursday, it just happened that way. Got it. But, yeah, yeah, I don't have Monday or Friday. I just scheduled all my classes. Becca has a four day weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, no Friday classes. So if I wasn't traveling, like something I really like to do is. Um, I lived literally like a mile down from St. Germain, so I'd like go and walk there and back, and I also lived near um, Spacing on, it's one of the gardens, Um, I'm Spacing on it, but it's just like, there's a lot of stuff you can do independently Mm -hmm. in that city also, where it's like, I'd be alone and I'd feel like, I'd like have these wow moments of like, I'm like, I'm in a foreign country just alone walking around and just experiencing like day-to-day life it's not like you're being a it's the real life yeah. so let me ask you this because when you were accepted for the trojan transfer program some i know some kids or parents or students are like oh my kid's going to sc but they don't like mention the yeah. transfer program which i don't know why they're embarrassed and yeah. like were you at every point what would you tell anyone that is trying to think about the transfer program did you ever have that thought? Uh, or did you know anyone that would just said, oh, I go to SC? 
but they didn't tell people they're part of the Trojan transfer program. I know some program. people who have do- like done something like that, where it's like they're saying they're going to SC, but they're actually at community, where it's you don't need to be embarrassed. Like it's USC is one of the hardest schools to get into. I, if anything, and, also I feel like it's more embarrassing if you yeah. say you go to USC and then you don't end up going, <laughs> yeah. getting in. It's that's, like right. yeah, that's a little awkward. But I mean, there's no reason to be embarrassed. Um, there's so many kids who transfer in, like half, like half I, my friends and stuff. Like even like you living in Gateway, mm-hmm. you definitely know a lot of trans, like people who are doing Trojan transfer. People, a lot of people are spring also. Like there's so. By the time you get to, like, sophomore year, end of sophomore year, no one cares. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just... They don't. And like I said, everyone's, like, road to college or, like, experience looks a little different. So it's, like, it doesn't really matter where you started. It really doesn't matter, like, where, as long as you're happy in the end. Like, yeah. you're who you're going to graduate USC no if one you gives do a shit. transfer. You no, have that. No one cares. No one degree. cares. No one's going to ask you... Oh, were you a Trojan transfer? Like, right. when you graduate? Like, no one, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just, you're still there. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about. Like, half my friends, because I lived in Gateway, it was still half and half, like, transfers. Okay. Half my friends are spring admits in Trojan transfers. So. At the end of the day, in four years, three or four years, when you're you all graduate, it. here's it. I'm going to see how smart you girls are. <laughs> Do you know how many USC alumni there are out there today? How many? Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot in yeah. Orange County. There's a lot in Southern California, that's for sure. I mean, millions? No, I feel like. <laughs> maybe hundreds of you, thousands. It sounded like you kind of. It sounded like a four. Maybe 400,000 or something. 437,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the biggest alumni networks in the that's nation. <laughs> that's a huge number. Like, Notre Dame's. The, the next biggest one, Wisconsin has like mm-hmm. 400,000. There are some universities that have huge alumni networks, which I always tell my kids in any college students I'm talking to, now that you're going to be a junior, junior and a sophomore, what type of networking have you done to prepare yourself for graduation? Um, I've gone to career fairs that a lot of them are alumni of USC. Um, you kind of link with people. I took a business communications class um, last semester where she was like, network 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 like everything so like you go on linkedin like all this stuff and we have like a lot of good resources at least and i think well everywhere at usc but like especially in my the school i'm in um there's programs called like handshake which is like a job i'm sure a lot of schools have that like a job search site and like people will reach out to you you can reach out to everyone um even just like i feel like being around town if you say you're from usc and i think that's something really special and i think if you don't go to USC, there's also a lot of people that are going to be haters. But, like, people are so – that's what I think is so cool about USC. People are so proud to have gone there, and they really look after, your like, their own. And you hear, like, they want to offer jobs to alumni. They Everyone's just so proud, like, supportive and proud and want to help each other, which I think is really cool. And I, I think that's a, a thing out of a lot of schools, but I think at USC it's, like, especially strong. And everyone – Want. Like I have, yeah. I have a lot of professors that went to USC as well. They eat, sleep, breathe the school, and they just want to help you and support you, and get you out there, get you jobs, like all that. Even so think, like walking around or anything, like you wear a SC thing, and people will randomly just be like, "Go Trojans" or mm-hmm. "Fight on." And then also like on professors, like your professors are your friends. Like they want to if you're if you want like a letter of rec, you get them from your professors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They also like 
some of my professors like work in the sports industry with like major teams and stuff like where they also have mm-hmm. connections through like SC and also just with what they do and even like anyone who goes to SC they like kind of get so excited mm-hmm. when they meet other alumni which is funny because it's so common here yeah like, I'm sure a lot of it's probably annoying it's to a like lot of a people. it's a community mm-hmm. like it's just like this little it's a family. It is. It is. Yeah. It's a huge family, especially here in Southern California, mm-hmm. or just just go, say Newport Beach mm-hmm. in you general. Go around the bay, there's almost always an SC flag at like so many, like at I, every house or something. Yeah, like, I think my like aha moment was it was before I'd even gone to school. I'd gotten in. I was on a run, like at home in Newport, and I had a USC shirt on. I had like three people honk at me and be like, "Fight on!" And yeah. I was just like, "Whoa!" Like I, I just, I never. <laughs> had, moment. I was like, "Okay, this is yeah." It was like I never, I didn't really. You wear just merch out, and people right. are like, "Yeah." Well, it's what a great transition. It's like wearing modern day stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You could wear modern day stuff in a different state. Mm-hmm. People know. People and know people what modern day is. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what just goes to show because I modern day had huge school spirit, like super big deal. And so I was kind of used to that, but like I went to USC, it was like that was on steroids. Yeah. Like modern day seemed mild compared to that. JV. Yeah, literally <laughs> JV. But I don't know. I think it's super cool. People like always just, I don't know. There's a big. I think it's really funny the rivalry between USC, UCLA, and like everyone. I think gets a little. Not everyone, but I know there's people that get a little annoyed with the school spirit from that school. Yeah. But I think I, like going there. I think it's so cool. No, it's. It, I, uh, my dad went to UCLA, so, like, the USC-UCLA game, I always bet him a hundred bucks. Easy hundred. Easiest hundred I've ever made. Because like, it's not, it's SC, like, yeah. we've won, what, the past seven times? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and everyone, like, even on game days, everyone gets so excited when there's a touchdown, even if you're, like, during COVID, everyone's, like, you can literally hear in, like, apartment buildings. Right. Like, just the cheering from every, like, apartment or anything like in just you could have such a bad season too and you know like yeah. the stands are still going to be packed and everyone's still going to be excited for a game yeah. well usc is definitely a football school oh yeah well until last year they made a great basketball yeah. run mm-hmm. and i know my buddy I, I was texting him earlier today harry who's going mm-hmm. to usc mm-hmm. he texts me like every day he's like you come to the fo- basketball games this year i'm like absolutely because mm-hmm. i'll watch any usc basketball game any mm-hmm. ucla football game to yeah. that fact Let's get into more of the social life mm-hmm. because it was hard last year with COVID. Obviously, this year will be a lot more fun. Um, but both of you girls rush sororities, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference. I, was, I did not rush. That's right. Yeah. You did not rush. So now we're going to get a different perspective. Those that are listening, we have non-sorority and sorority. Mm-hmm. USC rushes in the spring, correct? But that's new, isn't that? Fairly new. Last they few changed years. It. right before 2019 so I think it's great I think every school should do that why Um, I think make your pitch now yeah you school going to college is obviously very intimidating very overwhelming there's a million different things like you are getting adjusted to school campus living away from home I think going in to rush can be really overwhelming in certain aspects it's hard because if you do rush for a semester, you immediately have friends. So you kind of have to go off and make them on your own. But it really gives you the time to get used to school. Get I made friends without sorority. I had to go make them on my own. So now I rush second semester 
and I have friends all over the row in a bunch of different houses where as if you rush first semester obviously not in every case but like you could be very kind of isolated to your own house I think it just gives you a lot of opportunity to find yourself at the school besides Greek life first and kind of get comfortable I think I'm, I probably would have been very overwhelmed if I went immediately into rush. Like I had friends at some schools that literally moved up early, rushed before school even started. And I think it just gave you gives you the opportunity to kind of settle in, find yourself, join clubs besides Greek life too. Join, like, focus on, like, your school and just what you, your identity outside of Greek life. Greek life, if you rush, is obviously going to become part of, like, your experience at school but then you have the opportunity to do a lot more before right. then and, and greek life at usc and i, I tell students this and parents at sc it's 20 percent mm-hmm. of the com- of the enrollment so that's a community in itself mm-hmm. becca did you ever want to rush and why did you not rush i did want to rush um i mean it just didn't really work out the right way for me um so I mean who knows I might rush again you know you never know but I mean I was already a transfer student it's not I knew how to make friends already so it's not like that was um gonna be an issue for me like I was still gonna have a social life all my friends I think almost all my friends are like in all different houses on the row also like it's it's like I'm not in a house but I'm I know. Not missing out. I'm not missing out because you of, have access. Yeah, because <laughs> all my friends are in Greek life, and so that makes it nice. And mm-hmm. not having to like worry about anything is also nice. I can don't have to go to meeting or chapter, mm-hmm. or worry about like yeah. my social media or anything. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's like I'm not, especially with COVID. It's not like I really missed out this year because, I mean, it was hard to do anything planned events or anything because you can't yeah, especially at usc it was super super limited this year like, just la in general was. right so every school's different with the sorority rush but it's almost very similar to aspect mm-hmm. walk someone through sorority rush what's the rush week look like does it start on friday it, it narrows down from 10 to 4 to mm-hmm. midnight um i mean i don't I think a lot of schools rushed in person still this year, so I, I've never done, been on either side of an in-person rush, but Zoom rush was really difficult, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but if as long as you kind of go with your heart, you'll end up where you belong, kind of same with college admissions. But you start out, I think it was over the span of four days, and I wanna say, this is, I don't know exactly how many houses there are, 10? I think there's, there's nine, nine, and then one's like a Christian house. Like, it's a yeah. religious house, so they don't do a formal rush. Mm-hmm. It's more like even if you're in a house, you can still join this sorority. So that's fairly small compared to some big southern schools. Um, so you start with however many houses, and you initially you meet with everyone. You go in your Zoom room and it's everyone there and all the people, like all the people in that sorority are really excited to see you and they kind of just give like a little spiel and then you go off into breakout rooms and then like you'll be one-on-one just talking to someone that's in the house already. Just that, that one's pretty surf, the first round's pretty surface level. It's not really as much about like a house picking you, it's about you seeing which houses you like and then you kind of drop, you like put, or not, you put your tops down and then like rank like your bottom two um and then you'll get dropped by some but then you also will drop some and so that one's pretty surface level um next round 
you kind of learn like there's philanthropy, sisterhood. There's a few different rounds. So like one day you learn all about like the philanthropy of the houses and like each one's involved with some community service or some cause. You learn about that one day. NCL on steroids. Exactly. And then you keep like as the process go down, you kind of just wean, like the list gets smaller and smaller. Then you have like a sisterhood day where you just learn about like their events and their sisterhood and like all that. Um, And so then you're left with at the end, you put your two top or like your top and then like your second. And then you'll... As long as you don't like suicide one, which is called like if you have two houses left and like you know you want one of them, but you don't want the other, and you, just put both down. Just put both because if that way, if you put both, you're guaranteed to get one. If you suicide one is what what they call it, you might get dropped by like everything. So, it's it's a grueling process. They're long days. You talk like to everyone. I remember it's like the BS first, bullshit exactly. networking. Just be yourself. Like. <laughs> be yourself um but it's like the first day i feel like every single house you talk to like what was your quarantine hobby like like every single one like nine different times like you're the same people you're like you would go to two people in one house sometimes so that was like it was there were long days but it uh pays off in the end i think just like i think also don't feel like you need to join something just for the sake of joining something. Thank you. Expand on that because there's a lot of parents out there that want their kids to be in a fraternity or a sorority and it might just not be for them. Exactly. I I don't think, say like you're going through it and like maybe you like, like certain schools will have like rankings of like top houses of like, and you think like, oh, you want to go this so bad or like, oh, this one or like, but like, don't think about that going through it. Just go where you like the people. And like, if you end, like maybe you're in the process and you're like, I don't really like any, like I don't like the sorority thing. This isn't for me. Don't join just for the sake of joining if you know you're not gonna be happy. I'm sure you will find a community in another place. Right. Um, I don't know. I just think that's kind of important. Cause I, I acknowledge that's not for everyone. Like I'm in it, but. Who were your, who were your top two? Who did you, um, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna ask you your house, but who, were your final two? Pi, Beta Phi, and Theta. And you're a Pi, pi Phi, right? Pi Phi. Okay. I yeah. was going to say, wait, Maria's a Theta. Yeah, so yeah. is Sophia. Yeah. My Sophia. Yeah. So I went Pi Phi. Okay. It's great, yeah. And between Pi Phi and Theta, those weren't your... You didn't go in with the mindset of, I want to get one of those. Or did you? I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't know much about them. Okay. So I kind of tried to go into it with like an open mind. Um I just really didn't, like, I know people in other houses, so I was kind of like, oh, that's this. But I don't know. I I really liked, like, I think my big kind of, who ended up being my big is what, like, swayed me for Pi Phi. All the houses were great. Everyone's super nice. It's, like, it's really intimidating, but also, like, the people that rush you have been on your side. So, like, they know, and, like, they're there for you and to talk to you, and you have, like, rush groups and counselors. So, like, try they, they know what you're going through. It's not supposed to be a scary thing, but my, like, big – she went to Santa Margarita, actually. Okay. So, like, we bonded over that. I didn't know her before, but, like, she made me, like, super excited about it, and I just loved all the girls, and they were super, like, authentic and, like, really welcoming, which I really liked. So now that you're going through rush – in this spring, are, mm-hmm. are you going to be part of any, like I tell my daughters, I go, be involved, be mm-hmm. like a, maybe not a social chair, a rush chair, yeah. but get on the board. Are you sitting on any? I'm not right now. We don't do the elections for that until, because you do, it's weird. It's so, we rush in the spring. So like a term is spring and fall. So like there's still the people from last year that are going to sit on the board in the Got fall. I, I'll probably run for something eventually. I don't know. 
we'll see how it goes. Now, is there any advice to parents out there? Because I know with my two daughters, they're doing the recommendation letters. Mm -hmm. They do like resumes. Like what, what advice would you give any female out there rushing a sorority or a parent listening? Um, honestly, Besides going with an open mind. Honestly, I didn't. I think it was good. My I didn't have like a like that much background in Russian sororities. My mom wasn't in it. Like my so I didn't really know too much about the process. Like I was asking my friends. I'm like, how does this even work? Like <laughs> someone tell me. Like I don't know. Do I just show up? Like that's the best way. Had no idea. That's my, the best exactly, way. Exactly, and that was like good. Like my roommate, like ha- had like her mom was like super intense about all of it and like knows everything. Was it Haley? So yeah, Haley I was the one who informed me about everything. I'm like Haley, tell me what to do. I need help. Um, so she, like, what helped me like in did everything. I don't know. I think just like go into it with an open mind I keep saying that but like I don't know like if you, you have go, to you can't go in like knowing you want something or be like I only want this one it's just like never gonna work out for that's that just way. like college yeah. I mean thinking you're gonna get accepted and you don't and then you're yeah. gonna be heartbroken exactly it's just like be- if you if you have like one top and you don't get it, you're just gonna be heartbroken. Right. Like, there's just like there's only room for Thank disappointment you. there. Thank you, Fee. Yeah. <laughs> that so. happened to one of my friends. She wanted uh, one house and was so sure she was gonna get it. She got dropped by them and just dropped out of Rush entirely that same night that mm-hmm. or that same morning when she found out she got dropped by that house and like she literally like stopped going out, stopped doing anything because this one house dropped her and like you can't let it's the end of the day it's still like just like a club or something yeah you can still manage to do stuff without it it's not right. everything it like, really isn't so becca i mean what other communities if you're not in a sorority what, what, you do you call them this every other college my daughters mm-hmm. call them jeeds um no i'm not in anything i mean or no jeeds goddamn individual oh. <laughs> like, <No. I'm> sorry. <laughs> people are like wait what's a gdi i thought they're jeeds goddamn individuals so what community like are you involved in anything like besides your community that you know fia or what else are you doing to build your community um well with covid it's i didn't really join any clubs because i didn't want to do a zoom meeting or something like that um i think i just I also knew a lot of people be like from tr- Trojan Transfer, from growing up, going to Modern Day, living in Orange County my whole life. So it's not like I was really knocked down a lot where it's like I still can hang out. I'm just, I think, yeah, the stores are still open. Like you can still yeah. kind of right. hang out. Like, you know what I mean? Like you might it's, not be able to like go to a meeting, but what are you missing out going to a meeting? It's probably yeah. even better for you. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Where I'm... Can you see Becca like going to a meeting at six o'clock on a Monday? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I just do what I want. Like mm-hmm. when I, like I, um, I did um, like this past semester, I, I started getting into a habit of, I get like not homesick. I kind of just miss my dog. So I'd go home like Sunday through Wednesday. Um, just to get like a free meal also and like save money um when it was like super shut down during covid so i do that but um it's not i mean i, I do think... what i i still hang out with my friends it's not like anything's happened where it's like oh i'm not in this house i'm cut off from you entirely right. like even like and if people are like oh well what if guys care guys don't even they don't, care. Give they don't even notice half the time if like what house you're in like also for girls, like if you're not in a sorority, it's a lot easier for you to like 
go hang out with other people. If you're a guy, they, it, you can't. You have to be really, a frat. Yeah, guys like guys can. are weird about it, but like girls, it doesn't really matter. Right. Well, yeah, girls can get in to almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. And then I don't know. I think also like I think a misconception kind of about USC. Obviously, Greek life is still really big there, but I don't think it's as big. I mean, I can't really say because I haven't gone to other schools, but like. As some other schools, like some it's other schools, like, like, like Southern schools, yeah. live or die yes. sorority. Like where I think a lot, like there's a lot that aren't in sororities or Greek life. And I don't think it's everything. It's like we only have nine sororities, which sounds like a lot, but like some schools have like 20 something. Right. So it's not everything. It really isn't. No. And USC's first academically, one of the mm-hmm. st- most prestigious academic schools, 11% to get into, a great sports school, but we only said 20% of them enrolled in Greek life, but also we're on the West Coast. It's like UCLA, USC, Cal. It's not some of these, you've listened to some of my podcasts, some of these people that are fraternity or sororities, Mm -hmm. it's out of control, or it's hardcore, should I say. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's hard, like I remember- It's the religion. I know people that go, to southern schools and they had to have a rush counselor and like all that stuff like yes also greek life at usc has been like trying to do a lot better like letters of rec weren't really that they, they stopped, were like, optional and even with letters of rec like some houses didn't even like really look, at, look them. at them because um they also really just were trying to go mainly based on your personality like a lot of houses dropped legacy like if you were a legacy in earlier years, like that would have like that is helped correct. you out mm-hmm. a lot, but now it's it doesn't really matter if you're a legacy because they're just they're trying to make it more inclusive to everyone. Because like yeah. just because you don't know, like you might not know someone that was ever right. in a certain house. Like and also if you go find someone to write your letter of rec, that like it could be so di- like does that person really know you? If you have, they don't. have to go look for like all these people to go get but, it, like and what you just said, like you dub cut their legacies. So Sophia got in, my Sophia got in the last year as a theta, but she was even telling me and Julia's telling me at Wisconsin, they don't even look at the resumes now. All right, so you don't have to comment on this if you don't want to, but there is a such thing as dirty rush, which is like the illegal recruiting because there's like a lot of class of 21s that are talking to individuals before a certain deadline date. Like, let's say I'm trying to go to USC, and I don't know any of the sororities at USC, but I'm in touch with Fia Thomas just to give me a little insight. Um, I don't, it's not allowed at USC. Um, I don't, I've never have friends in the houses. I mean, you have friends in houses and you can know it, but they can't rush you into it. I've never heard of girls dirty rushing. There is, um, they call it COB, continuous open bidding, which is not dirty rush at all. That's like fully allowed. And they have like, say you didn't, you didn't rush or do the whole rush thing for whatever experience, for whatever um, reason, you can go through COB, which is totally like allowed. And there's like limited spots, but they take girls who maybe didn't go through the rush or like want to be a part of it. And you can do it that way where it's like more one-on-one and like girls, like you'll meet with them, but that's allowed, but yeah. Well, no, let me rephrase that. Dirty rush is just once the rush period starts, you can't have any interaction with Uh, that individual. I mean... Because, yeah, that's almost like illegal recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really hear about any of that, I'm sure. It's like if... It's also, I mean, being a sophomore and, like, like, I did rush, but I didn't join a house. It's like, you know, like, I was a sophomore, so... 
most people I, that I live in the same building mm-hmm. as me, like, they were in houses. So what are – they're your friends. Like, your friends are in houses. They're not, like – Yeah. I – Sorry, well, like, what it really is, is incoming freshmen. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe my parents, mm-hmm. I'm a parent of yeah. of incoming freshmen and I know your mom and dad. I'm like, hey, Devin, can I get my daughter in touch with Fia? Just to kind of find out like. I Yeah. I mean, like you can, like before, like you can talk to your friends and just hear about like the experience or right. whatever. But I, I genuinely don't think like USC has taken a lot of initiatives to make Greek life more open to everyone. Uh, more accessible and more inclusive um so I don't I mean I I don't know for different houses but I really don't think it really matters and like you can't you don't really have pull for other people like if I know someone that's coming in I can't be like you have to take this girl um it just doesn't like I mean if you rush the person one-on-one I like you it's it all works out yeah (laughs) no like I don't I haven't really like heard too much about like it's difficult you can't just be like oh i know someone like they're gonna take you and like it has to go through so many people like it just doesn't really work like that at least in my experience you know yeah first round it's like yeah no you don't talk to people like you'll know people in the house and then you probably you won't talk to them they don't they say you have people you don't know like they know who knows each other and they want right yeah it's it's they try to make it as unbiased as possible all right i'm gonna test you all again okay president of usc is Carol Fultz. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew y'all would get that. She's a celebrity on campus. Yeah. People see her all the time. She <laughs> takes photos with everyone. Now, did you just hear what USC did to the presidential mansion? Like oh. literally two days ago. Oh. No, but I, I, doesn't she like get she housing a, through yeah. USC? And so, she got a new house or redid it um, or something. Not by choice. USC sold... Her, her San Marino house. Okay. It's a presidential mansion that's been around forever for all the past presidents. They sold it for $25 million to help, obviously, fund USC more. And they moved her to a smaller mm-hmm. presidential <laughs> mansion in Santa Monica for $8 million. Uh, Oh, only $8. Yeah. Cool, $8 million. I did not hear. I knew she had housing through USC. I did not hear they sold it, though. But, wow. So the reason why I ask that, because I, on every podcast, I always like to ask if you know the president. That's like asking if you know the CEO of your company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, eventually, you all girls are going to graduate. My next podcast that's going to even be bigger than the student manager podcast is going to be called the hiring manager, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, like yeah. how I helped your sister. Yeah. Did you, you know how I prepped her with some interview questions <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that? Because you guys are going to graduate. I was interviewing guests. They're like, well, how did you get a job? Like, how do you interview? But that's things you're going to learn, obviously. You just Big go, college, yeah. uh, uh, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, you're even, I mean, I've done interviews already. Oh, like. yeah. One of my business communications classes, like, one of the main, like, we had to give presentations all the time so that we are able to present. Like, when you yes. in a job, that's, like, a huge thing. And I, like, would have classes that were maybe a G or whatever, people that weren't in my business, like, school. And I'd be like, you guys definitely have not taken this business communications class. They don't know how to present. They have no idea like yeah. how to speak in front of like people, and it like makes such a difference. And like we go through interviewing and all that stuff, so it's really helpful. If you have the opportunity to take that at your school, even as an elective, take something that's like public speaking or public speaking or is so huge. Yeah. You girls are going to be fine. Or else, I always say, come up with a twenty second, thirty second elevator, elevator pitch. pitch. We, there we you go. Did yes, we did, elevator, we did elevator pitches, branding statements. We did all that. All right, so this is a great transition. Branding statements, obviously. Student manager has been going on for two years now. Episode seventy eight. The goal. I don't need to get paid by them, but the goal is to get on a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to be on Barstool Sports. I've been marketing to Erica, 
Nardini and Dave Portnoy and Deidre Lester for (laughs) like the last six months. Why should the student manager, I mean, obviously we're helping students and parents, but your perspective, why should the student manager be on Barstool Sports? I think more people deserve to hear about like, like, it's more honest advice. And like, I feel like Barstool is all about like, it's kind of very real, very transparent in this. We're not like, we're not BSing or some like you go on a college campus tour they like say that. they're so peppy and everything like it's very transparent honest they want you to come to your school yeah. and they're gonna give you the best of the best and they're not gonna be as real with you they're gonna try to get you to come to that school we're sitting here as students who can tell yeah. you real students real advice what we want to do to help you and and i mean high school kids don't know what they're not don't know what they're doing but sometimes are like a little lost or confused and stuff so like guidance i mean a lot of people turn to barstool for like literally anything so raw real experiences yeah. and <laughs> yes. guidance from those who know it best yeah. going to the school one thing that you don't like about usc that it was closed <laughs> i mean <laughs> that it was I, closed I and that it was it's so it was very uptight about covid restrict i mean it had it was la like it's just the fact la was so uptight and strict about being shut down which was it's so hard because i mean i mean you have to but you're going to school like and then but you're not going to school also just zoom university like was such a challenge because you have like not no motivation but it's hard to like get motivated to watch your professor speak for an hour and 20 minutes in your apartment when you can sit on a couch and do it it's hard yeah. to be focused all the time but. is it going to be weird actually having to wake up and walk to class it's going to be weird not waking up at eight fifty-eight in the morning for a 9 a.m class <laughs> mm-hmm. like. i have not gone to school in an actual class in over a year and a half because i am going to be a sophomore in college and i have not gone to a class since i was in high school which Same. is crazy to think about and, yeah. and by the way fia thomas valid victorian at modern day mm-hmm. we, we got to give modern day props because yeah. you, some of the greatest memories were at modern day mm-hmm. and especially being on the volleyball team and what was your like favorite memory of being on the volleyball team we got first of all we, first of all we got bench captain yeah. first bench captain then she transferred I, I had to put this in the podcast yeah. bench captain 2019 bench captain yeah. 2020 um i think me and becca had very a very different experience with volleyball and i don't think i would I trade it for the, the world funner experience, yeah we personally. i i wrote about this in my common app essay um i'm sure a lot of people on their essays are going to write about being a captain of a sports team and what it taught them about leadership and all that and i was like Hey, I'm going to talk about my experience being on the bench. And I called it bench captain. And a lot of it was inspired yeah, by Becca. That's and what I did my essay it on. It teaches you, like, modern day is such a competitive high school with sports. Everyone wants to be on the team. It is an accomplishment just to be on a sports team there, which people don't really understand. And I'm most like, I'm... get cut. Like, yeah. Mo- I mean, especially girls volleyball, it's such a most people get cut after sophomore year and i was just happy to be on the team and i think you learn so much i like learned and becca too like you just because you're not on the court doesn't mean you don't have a role on the team everyone contributes to it at some point and i think it teaches you a lot about attitude i think a lot of people will sit on the bench and pout and be salty that they're not playing me and becca had a very positive outlook on being on the bench and we wanted to 
pump up our team and motivate yeah. everyone else and be like the most supportive teammates because you sulking on the sidelines is only going to hurt your team um and I think it like teaches you a lot of us about like I don't know I think like, like t- taught me to be like a lot more optimistic and like mm-hmm. positive and support each other and I, I change changes your outlook on it I yeah. think well it's I mean it's just um you know, I knew, like, I wasn't going to play on varsity. I even, like, even some of my, like, club teams I didn't play because I was, like, playing with, like, Birdie, Brielle, Tina, like, very, like... D1. Yeah, legit. College players. Yeah, I was on, like, their team, so obviously I'm going to be on the bench, but it's, like, okay, well, I can be all pissed off I'm not playing today, or I can just, you know, make the most of it. It's an accomplishment to even be on that bench, realistically. And it's just, like, it... You can't be all, you can't be negative about it. I mean, if it like when I was younger and I did want to play, it did motivate me a lot to work harder. But what coach is going to look at you and be like, oh, like, let's go sub this person in because they're clearly pissed off that they're not playing. They'd rather look at the person who's like cheering on the bench, trying to keep like everyone's spirits up, not having their arms crossed, hunched over, frowny face. Like they want, they want players who actually care about others, and it's like we cared more about the team than our own playing. Exactly. We cared like, more about the team's success. We understood that we weren't there to be a starter, or yeah. let alone a player that often. And but it, we wanted to be there and support our team, and we, we knew also, for success we probably won't going to be on the court. Yeah. And you got a state championship ring exactly. out of it. National yeah. champions. And national. national champions. And my daughter was on the bench with yeah, you guys. Exactly. <laughs> no, Everyone had a role. It's um, And I think also that's like one thing. It's like you look at some other like high school teams not even just like volleyball but like you look at the sidelines if even you look at modern day basketball they would always have like all the players would still be doing cheers or everything and like look at that program like it's one of the best basketball programs in the country like you look at the bench that's a lot of it gives like it sounds like cliche or but it's like you give energy it's gonna help your team I mean I'm, I'm, everyone's different, but I think I personally learned a lot more on the bench than I would have if I was playing. Because you have to learn how to cope. Like, you have emotions. You like, Yeah, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Like, everyone at your high school is coming to watch your team play, and you're never going to play. It's sometimes hard, but, like, I think I learned more, mm-hmm. like, kind of trying to... It's more have, life lessons also. It's life lessons. And it's going to serve you a lot longer. E- exactly. Yeah. In the long run. And I think... We obviously weren't court players, but I think me and Becca still played a part on that team, regardless. So. Mm-hmm. You did, and I yeah. got to watch it for two years, mm-hmm. yeah. and just all you all you girls had always a had a smile. Yeah, Mofia, team captain, yeah. bench captain, let's go, let's go, yeah. Becca, and no. the best trip ever. Louisville. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we got to like we were like even to say like we played in that. I I guess we weren't on the court, but like our team was a part of that. Like playing assumption the top, other top team in the nation was like an unreal experience and it's like i don't think i'll ever forget that and broke their winning streak yeah broke after their being down oh two mm-hmm. i mean i remember the two years we played them in vegas i mean it was always like probably out of both seasons on varsity those those two games were like the most intense not compared to state or anything like those were the most competitive most intense games that also Tory Pines, like mm. when we played them in the state uh, finals, I think in like 2017, like we went to five, we were at their place. It was super like very 
crazy fans, uh, Francis Claire probably would not approve of their chance. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they were just the best, like, team. They were the most competitive, the most we actually had a competition with. So. And their parents were amazing. And that's why we put that yeah. all together after that Vegas trip your senior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and think about how the families and the teams just got together. Mm-hmm. I mean, great cool. stories. I think they, like Assumption, I think had similar values um, to modern day. And like their program was very similar and they had a lot of integrity. And like the fact that we broke their winning streak after years and we were able to go sit with them and have dinner literally after the game like i think that says a lot right so yeah and you know they're coming to modern day next year not this year oh yeah. because of COVID. yeah but, and, and then modern day's program will be a little bit stronger next year and so will assumptions me and becca yeah. might have to make a trip yeah i told julia like everyone I, we'll get all the alumni parents there. yeah so yeah. it's been great having you on episode 78 Becca and Fia, USC, explaining, community. Oh gosh, fight on. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) can't forget fight on. It's done this whole time. (laughs) For Fonger News, out. (laughs) Spike drop.